Welcome back to Gospel Centered Rest, where we seek to discuss the gospel and its impact on our life and how it brings us to a place of rest and uh, fulfillment uh, in Christ and our relationship with the Lord. I am joined again with Pastors David Robinson and Pastor Byron Burton. Welcome, you two. Glad to be here. Good to be here, Tyler. How are you guys doing? Doing well. This music. We're this music. Doing we're just, well. We're just vibing <laughs> to this music. It's new music. How could you not vibe to it? How could you not vibe to it? I agree. I can't believe I just said vibe. <laughs> I've never <laughs> actually vibed. I'm not a viber. <laughs> yeah, you're not a viber. <laughs> well, um, today we are actually we're actually going to start a, a new series discussing a little bit more about what we believe here at um, Grace Bible Church. Not in particular with when when it comes to like our statement of faith or anything like that, but just the the guiding principles of why we do ministry the way that we do and why do we why we do church the way we do. And so today's episode is focused on our mission here at Grace Bible Church, which reads, Finding Rest and Relationship in God Through Gospel-Centered Discipleship, um, Worship, sorry, Gospel-Centered Worship, Discipleship, and Community. And so today we're just going to focus more on that phrase, finding rest and relationship in God. And then in the following weeks, we're going to unpack what Gospel-Centered worship, discipleship, and community look like. So for the first question, and either of you can jump on this, uh, we can all share our thoughts, I'm sure. Um, but when it comes to gospel-centered rest, when the whole, the whole concept of, of, uh, of spiritual rest, what do we mean by rest? And why do we put such an emphasis on this concept here at Grace Bible Church? Yeah, I'll take a first stab. You're on. Uh, when we when we were developing some of this, and this has been part of our um, part of our who who we uh, what we seek to talk about and who we seek to be, um, we live in a world that loves rest but is very restless. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing can be said about our walk with Christ. We we talk about rest or we want rest, but we seem to be a restless church. We seem to. Um, be a tired church, an exhausted church. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Christianity is lived in a way where it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so developing that um, rest is found um, in creation. Mm-hmm. It's one of those first things that is talked about, first gospel aspects. There's many gospel aspects, but this is one of the first where um, heaven and earth are being created being made ready for humanity, and then you have um, Adam entering rest. And it's very interesting because on the, the seventh day, there was no evening and morning. So in other words, Adam entered the completeness of rest, which was then broken in Genesis 3, but then also picked up in, say, for example, the Ten Commandments and the, the resting every seventh day. Um, the resting of every seven days wasn't meant to be an end to itself because we know that rest points us to Christ. Mm-hmm. So when we come to Christ, and he says in Matthew 11, come on to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that's just a theme that runs throughout Scripture. In fact, in fact you find rest once again in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, so our ultimate rest is in the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah. Um, our 
final rest, as everything in the Old Testament brought us to Christ, is in Christ. So in Hebrews 4, uh, you read of uh, Christ being our rest. And rest, with rest, we find rest. <laughs> the, the work, like when Adam got in the garden, he didn't have to work for his relationship with God. He could rest in his relationship with God. Um, the Old Testament law pointed to one who would be not only the great lawgiver, but the one who would fulfill the law in perfect righteousness, um, and we would find our rest in him. So we don't have to work. Um, it is a gift of grace in our life, received by faith, repentance, um, and then this this new life. So that's just a short snippet of yeah. rest finding its way throughout Scripture. Um, there, there could be other things that we talk about, but that's just a... To, to, so, so Christianity and our, our relationship with Christ is one where we don't have to work for it, but mm-hmm. we, we find rest enjoying the blessings of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's an amazing, amazing theme that runs through Scripture. Yeah, and I'm, I'm reminded of what David uh, wrote in Psalm 62, and he said, I'm at rest in right. God alone. My salvation comes from him. What a what a tremendous passage, yeah. um, where he's describing yeah. spiritual rest in its in its truest sense, and how this is a gift from God. The salvation yeah. that comes from God brings me to this point of of spiritual rest and relying on on Him yeah. and uh, in Him. You anyway, sorry, just to, like we ask ourselves: Are we a restless people? Yeah, I know in my heart I have restlessness, um, and and it's. It's unsettling, and as you mentioned, the Psalms, it penetrates the Psalms in, in so many ways yeah. to, to just, like, trust is a form of rest. Do, do I trust God through these days? Do I trust God with my family, um, with uh, what's going on with grace and around the world? Can I just rest? Um, and that's not, um, that's just in, in many ways to confess how great God is. Mm-hmm. And praise God for His work through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Byron, would you add anything to that? Just thoughts running through my head. Um, that passage from Hebrews, how he brings it all together. Yeah, he's obviously talking to Jewish people who are familiar with that concept and the idea of having to keep the law and having to do what's right and having all these things you have to do. And he says. No, you have to understand the whole purpose. Creation was a picture. Uh, David, mm-hmm. what he taught was a picture. The promised land was a picture, all pointing to Jesus, and we find a rest that remains for the people of God, that we can know this and we can enter into it, but it's only through belief. And that freedom that I'm not having to work to earn my place, to earn God's favor, to to get into heaven, those sorts of ideas of work, 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 mm-hmm. effort, 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 and obviously mm-hmm. society as a whole is, you know, busy, do stuff. That's how you accomplish. Yeah. He says, no, you rest in Christ because he's done all the work. You don't have to do that work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we do nothing. It doesn't mean we sit around and just say, well, bring on heaven. Um, we're it, still, it's, yeah, it's the exact opposite, yeah, really. Exactly, but we're freed from this onerous duty and, and drive that we can't sell. No, it's been done. We can enjoy yeah. that settled 
peace with God, even as we serve him. And, and the connection between rest and relationship is in Genesis 3.15, God begins to work again with mm-hmm. recreation, um, with a renewal, with uh, bringing about life where there's death. So God's work brings us to rest in Christ, which draws us into relationship with God. So that's why we talk about finding rest and relationship. The two, yep. our ultimate rest is in our relationship with God. Um, and our ultimate, you know, like peace, joy, all of that. So when, when people come to grace, and I'm, other churches, we're, it's not yeah. like we're unique in this. We're not trying to set ourselves apart. But when people come into a church service or into our homes, um, we want them to experience rest. And by rest... Um, meaning a place of welcome to hear the story of Christ, to be brought into that relationship of God, not on their own efforts. Um, and on the other side, um, knowing that even if they ask the question, well, would God ever receive me? That they can find rest. So whatever their story might be, the story of rest brings us to relationship with God. And then it's out, it's flowing out of the rest um, that we serve God. Mm-hmm. We walk in obedience. Um, we love God. We love others. Mm-hmm. So um, brings me to the second question. If that's what rest is, then what is rest not? Now, sometimes when you when you say um, when you say rest, people people get a thought of okay, well, you know, laying on the couch and just resting, um, sleeping, um, sitting back and 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 doing nothing. Um, but what is but is that is that what rest is also? Um, but what? Yeah, okay. So back to the question: What is it not? I w- what you just said actually is very interesting because I hope sometimes it is. Yeah, not the but sometimes it's it is doing nothing mm-hmm. um, and just enjoying, just spending time in His presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of our Christianity, we're, mm-hmm. we think we're serving and we have to yep. do better and be better. But and that's why you know we we we're so we miss meeting together yep. as a church. We miss that gathering, um, and and we're you know we're thankful for what we have, but we do miss it. And part of that is because when we worship on a Sunday morning, it's a time of rest where we're just existing in the presence of God with fellow mm-hmm. believers, mm-hmm. Um, and enjoying enjoying Him. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we have that with relationships. There's people that you just enjoy to be with, and it's restful. Mm-hmm. And so a worship service should be restful. Not, not all the time, and I understand we can overstate this, and there's other aspects of the go- of right. expressions of the gospel that we can include in this. But um, in our busy society, resting in the sense of being in his presence, but that's there's also things that it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and even like like what you were describing there, um, when you think of even Elijah after his encounter with the prophets yeah. of Baal, and he yeah. just goes into this like deep depression, um, and uh, he's asking questions like, "Why am I even alive?" and yeah. and what was what was God's answer to him in that moment? It mm-hmm. it, it was just to just mm-hmm. to sit and do nothing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. know eat, yeah. and um and just, and just physically rest. And there are times that we, that we certainly need to do that and just enjoy the quiet presence of the Lord. Um, but in, in speaking, speaking specifically to our spiritual lives, um, what are some dangers of having a wrong view of rest? I, I guess is another way that you could put it, Byron. 
I think some people get the idea that, well, I'll stand back and let God do it all. Mm -hmm. You think, well, in terms of salvation, yes, God has done that. But we see all through the scriptures that as believers, he gives us opportunities and calls us to live out our faith. So it's not that, oh, well, I can sin and do whatever I want to do and live however I want to live. No, I'm living to honor God. I'm living to obey him because I love him. So I'm going to care for my wife. I'm I'm going to go out and, and work. I'm going to reach out to other people in need, do these different things that express my faith. Mm. You know, James said, if you can talk about your faith, well, I'm going to show you my deeds that show you my faith is alive. You know, this time of year, we see everything budding out. Well, how can you tell the tree that's alive and the tree that isn't? Well, give it time. And if you're six months into the growing season and there's no leaves and nothing there, Mm -hmm. you should probably be concluding that one's not alive. Well, same is true with people, right? We bear fruit in different ways, different expressions. But that sort of thing, if we take it to an extreme and say, oh, I don't do anything. I just live my own life. God's going to save me no matter what. I prayed the prayer. I'm good. Those sorts of things are not the kind of rest we're talking about. Mm -hmm. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? The grace may abound. Absolutely not. You know, Romans 6. Um, So why do you think, David, why do you think this concept of of rest is so... um, is so needed in, in our culture, especially within our, within our church culture and some of the pressures, maybe the legalistic pressures that, that are there um, from churches, uh, from different, from different pods or, yeah. or even life, ex- yeah, life experiences. Life experiences and yeah, just being, um, just being at home, being at rest with someone really brings out the best. I mean, if we take this to, let's say, a marriage, yeah. and you need um, you need to feel like either you shouldn't belong in that relationship or you need to do way more to stay in the relationship, that's an exhausting relationship. Mm-hmm. But if you are at home with the person, if you are at rest with the person, um, if you can share popcorn on a yeah. movie and just rest... Yeah in one another's presence um, or have a car ride and even not say much, you just are enjoying the person's presence. Uh, That is a healthy relationship. Yeah. And I think the same thing is with who God is, is it doesn't start with, um, uh, and I'm not saying that we don't battle this, but a lack of uh, assurance that he's going to keep us because we've had a really crummy week Um, or we have to work harder in order to to keep that relationship with him or just at rest. But then it's out of that rest that the relationship flourishes, that we experience the blessings and out of the blessings. And even sometimes out of the difficulties, we still want to give thanks to God. We still want to live for him. Not because um, it keeps us in the relationship. We are kept by God in the relationship. So the flowing out of the rest um, is this most natural expression of who we are as believers. I think what, how wonderful it is when you have a relationship where you can be yourself and you know you are loved and cared for as you are. 
despite your sin and despite your failings. And when you're loved that way, how it fosters growth. It it fosters the reciprocal love as Mm -hmm. well that you... You want yeah. to show love for that person. Yeah. It's not like you've got to earn it and you've got to do something to keep it. Yeah. So, so somebody walks into the church and they hear about rest and they, they ask, you know, could I really be in a relationship with Christ? Would, would Christ really welcome me? And, and he, would, he would give me the gift of salvation and it wouldn't have to be earned. Um, or his love, even knowing all my sins, his love would cover my sins. Uh, and there's something amazingly um, out of this world. That's not. We even find difficulty having those types of relationships where we can just be with a person. Um, and and um, and I think that's the. So somebody walks into the church and that takes place, and they find rest in Christ and enjoy the blessings in a relationship yeah. with Christ. Um, and then flowing out of that, uh, you just, you live out Christ. You can't help but live out, live out the person of Christ. So, which brings me to my, to our last question um, today. It's what does rest practically look like then in the Christian life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many, I, it, it can, it, it's lived out in so many practical ways. Yeah, but the interesting thing about rest is it's often not noticed until we're really down or we're really far down a path, yeah. a certain path. So we, you know, like we find ourselves saying, "Okay, I have to do this and this and this," or you know, like Colossians two, like don't touch, don't. I think it's Colossians two, like don't touch, don't don't do this, don't do that, and that becomes our our Christianity, um, rather than um, it flowing out of a relationship. So. Um, I, I think one of the primary ways that it's expressed, um, whether it's church life, whether it's marriage life or personal life, is um, flowing out of a sense of trust in God's great promises. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a sense of peace and joy? And then flowing out of that comes the fruit of the Spirit. Um, I think some of the most natural ways are shown in kindness, mm-hmm. in love. Um, in forbearance, uh, that's Ephesians. Um, and so just those areas, uh, that's, that's not, I'm doing great things for God. Yeah. Uh, but it's this settledness that affects character, that affects heart, that affects fruit, that then impacts um, our outward actions. So there is rest in obedience to, to yeah. the word and, and rest in 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 caring for one another like yeah. yeah we can we can we can be obedient for all types of reasons though that's yeah. the issue like we yeah. can be obedient out of guilt um we can be obedient out of tradition out of legalism whatever else it might be um so the the heart becomes the focus of rest mm-hmm. uh and i mean i can be very obedient but very unkind right yeah um and and that that just removes all of that but uh, as I ex- experience the kindness of the Savior, then the flowing out of the kindness of the Savior and the rest in Him comes kindness to others. Yes, yeah. Kindness, by the way, as we know, is underrated, right? Yeah, it is. Like a lot. It yeah, it can it can quickly, quickly um, bring difficulty. Mm-hmm. 
for unbelievers to understand the kindness of Christ if they don't experience kindness from the church. Amen. Byron, would you add anything to that? Just amen. Just amen. Well, thank you, gentlemen. This was a really good discussion, so looking forward to um, the next few weeks as we discuss more about um, our key values. We're going to focus on gospel-centered worship, discipleship, and community in the weeks to come. Thanks, Tyler. Next week.